Love isn't the issue. You love them. Just can't figure out how to work it out, how to resolve the issues you face, how to stop the conflict. Maybe it takes a little more than love. Let's talk. All right, there is nothing in the world that will inspire you more than your relationship. When your when your partner, when your significant other is just right there with you, they are in the zone. They they you you're in love, the heat of passion and all that when you first get together and and you, you just can't do enough for each other and and you and you can't can't imagine not spending the rest of your life together. And then something happens somewhere down the road, two years, three years, five years. At some point, there gets to be that contentious relationship where you're sitting there in the morning and you look across the table at the person you love and you can't stand them. And there's this resentment when you think about doing things for them or or asking them for favors or even engaging them in conversation. You just kind of cringe at the idea because it's like, I just don't I don't want to do it again. If there's anyone who understands that, it's Sandy and I. There was a time in our relationship when, guess what? We did not like each other. And the only, or the saving grace in all of that was we like we, we didn't like each other at different times. Had we not liked each other at the same time, there might have been a chance that we would have gotten a divorce. Fortunately, when Sandy didn't like me, I was so in love with her, I couldn't stand or imagine my life without her, and the result was I'm over there hanging on like a cat that you're trying to throw in a tub of water, and she's dragging me. I'm on one leg. She's trying to get away from me, and I'm like, no, no, I love you. I love you. And then the alternate was that at one point she was looking at me in the very same light. She she wanted me. She couldn't get enough of me, and I'm like pushing away going, nah, I don't like you very much right now. Leave me alone. I can't speak for the world, but what I can say is that for most couples, that's that's the cycle. That is the circumstance we get into. We we meet and we fall in love and we we adore each other and and amid all of the struggles and the battles we face, we continue to love each other. I guess that's why when you see someone talk about their divorce or or they reveal to a family member that they're getting a divorce, that that it comes with tears and it comes with heartache. How does that work? Right? How do you how do you divorce someone you love? How can you come to the decision that that's the only option is to separate from the person you love more than anyone else in the world? As we're about to discuss, having an amazing relationship requires more than love. There is nothing as wonderful as the new relationship, right? Everything's new about it. You can't get enough. You're hanging out with a person that you're sharing time with, and, and you just can't imagine being with anyone else, right? You just want to be with them all the time and hang out with them and hanging on every word, and there there is nothing they could do to chase you away, right? There is nothing they could do. You're, you're in the, the love zone. And then something happens. I mean, the more time you spend with that person, the, 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 the shiny penny newness of the relationship wears off. And, and while you're still in love with them, you're not quite as impressed with them and they become less significant in your life. And, and then, of course, there's where the resentment starts and the, the issues start coming up. Because then life enters into the circle of love. The utopia of being in love is, is quickly tarnished by the obligations of life. 
And then, of course, life starts to insert itself into your your love nest, right? And before you know it, you're talking about finances, and you decide to move in together, and you're talking about bills, and then expectations are not being met. You know, you don't spend enough time with me. You don't. You don't talk to me. We don't. We don't uh, go do anything anymore. The, the. You know, how come you spent the money? I mean, just this this whole barrage of conflict starts to build between you. And because we don't have any formal education, because let's face it, how much time have you spent in formal education related to how to have a great relationship? If you're like Sandy and I, I didn't actually start getting a, a relationship education until I was almost 50. Prior to that, all I knew was, well, this is how you do it. And of course, every time she would say something that would send me into a shame spiral, I would respond the way I always did. And crazy things would come out of my mouth like, well, if you don't like it, you can leave or I'll just leave. And, and is that, do you want a divorce? And of course, we all know how that feels, right? We all know that that's the last thing we want. All we want to do is get along. All we want to do is have a good, cohesive relationship where we work together in a positive direction toward something better. If you've ever been in that position in your relationship, in that ugly, dark place in your relationship where you know you love the person you're sharing your life with, but you just can't seem to hold on. No matter how much love you give them, you can't seem to endure what occurs within that relationship between the two of you. And the result is conflict. And not only conflict, but unresolved conflict where you, where someone says something, the next thing you know, you're locked in battle over some issue and you fight and you fight till the early morning hours and maybe there's alcohol involved and that even that even makes the entire situation worse and then eventually you just run out of energy and you fall asleep and you wake up the next morning and then if you you kiss and make up the burden we have with that is yeah you you battled and you resolved and you kissed and you made up but did you resolve the source of that conflict and before you know it There you are again, locked in battle one more time over the same or similar issues. And no matter how hard you try, you can't seem to escape that cycle, that hamster wheel of conflict. Sure, you love them. Sure, you you can't imagine your life without them until, of course, you can. Until, of course, the pain of spending time with them and going through that cycle of conflict just continues to the point that you raise your hands in the air and you say, I don't think I can do this anymore. Let's talk about this thing because you have the love, but there are some elements of your relationship that you probably don't know anything about. If you can, think about anything in your life that you used to suck at and now you're good at. Pick it out. Whatever that thing might be. It could be baseball. It could be tie, fly tie, and it could be anything. But just think about for a minute anything that you started out and you're like, oh, I can't do this. This sucks. I suck at this so bad. And then eventually over time and with some effort, all of a sudden you just, you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I do concrete. It ain't bad. People say, oh, concrete sucks. I'm like, no, I've been doing concrete. I've done concrete enough now that I'm really actually pretty good at it. If you think about anything like that, if you can put that vision in your mind, that is the same concept that we're going to talk about here when it comes to your relationship. I mean, if I were to invite you and say, hey, listen, come on and join me and let's do a podcast together, you'd say, oh, no, 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 no way. I'd suck at that. No way. I don't even like doing that, right? 
And part of that is because you just don't know how. Part of that is because you're, that reluctance is just, well, I don't have any idea what the hell I'm doing, what would we talk about. I don't understand any of it. Well, as it turns out, the reason that we struggle in our relationships isn't is it because we lack love. We love the person we're with. It's because we don't have the skill set necessary to make that relationship go. Love doesn't come into the equation when you're inconsiderate and you don't get home on Christmas Eve until 2 o'clock in the morning because you went to the company Christmas party. That's not a random statement. That's something that I actually did. I don't know. I was about 24, 25. I just got this crazy idea in my head that what I wanted to do was more important than my partner. I show up at 3 o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day. Needless to say, that didn't work out so good. That was one of those moments, right, where things get slammed around and things get said and feelings get hurt and there's a lot of silence at the Christmas dinner. It's not an issue of love. This is an issue of consideration, of compassion, of empathy, of, of appreciation for the relationship that I share with my wife. That decision on my part was totally selfish. Well, I, you know, I just want to do this, right? Oh, I just want to do this. And what that has to do with it has to do with I had failed and we had failed as a couple to maintain a strong enough connection to each other that we remained loyal to the idea that we serve each other in a positive way, that we create that cohesiveness in our relationship that allows doesn't allow our conscience to just push silly-ass crazy ideas like spending Christmas Eve drinking with my buddies over with my family and my wife. And believe me, I'm not telling you this because I'm proud of it. I'm ashamed of myself. And I don't know if shame's the right word, but it's shame on me for doing that. How does that happen, though? How do you get to a point in your life when you love someone, you love someone, you're committed to them, you have kids, and all of a sudden you just become so indifferent to the true impact that you allow yourself to put yourself first without regard for the impact it has on your relationship? Well, like most things in life, if it feels good, you do it, right? There's a point when where you are isn't nearly as inspiring, as exciting as where you want to be. How do you keep that spark going in your life? And, and more than that, what happens that causes us to, full go, to be fully in love with each other, to love each other, and more than that, to have kids and obligations and this whole image of a life together for us to do things that actually derail that to the point we're standing in court, somebody's crying, and the, and the relationship has disintegrated. Now, I'm not going to promise you that you will never have any conflict again as a result of this conversation. You will. But what I can tell you is if you follow my advice, if you follow the steps that I'm going to give you, what you will be able to do is those reoccurring issues, those issues that occur between you and your partner, if you're, if you're on board with what I'm saying and you apply what I've learned in my life, you won't have to repeat those conflicts again. You will find a way to resolve them. Now, here's the scenario, right? So you have a conflict. Let's say that it has to do with something that's going on. Maybe in my case, it would Sandy and I'd be shamed. Sandy would say something, and she, we know how to push each other's buttons. You know how to, how to get your partner going, how to get their goat, right? But let's say that something occurs in life, and it's a reoccurring thing in most cases. Most couples have the same issues that continue to arise. Imagine how great it would be as if it arose one more time, but this time, you figure out how to resolve it. That's the key. 
It isn't the fact that you have a conflict or that you're having a dispute or a disagreement about the direction of your life or your or your relationship or any aspect of it. It's that you have the skill set necessary for you to say, oh, okay, here's the problem. These are the rules, and this is how we're going to fix it. Going back to the idea of relationship training. Are you good at are you good at fixing your relationship? Are you are you good at the the thing called relationships? And the chances are you're not. Chances are when things get complicated, you get frustrated, you get angry. She gets frustrated, she gets angry. You you react, you leash out, you defend yourself, your shields come up. That isn't because you're a bad person. That isn't because you lack love. That's because you don't have a skill set to resolve that. Let's face it, every battle, every conflict you've ever had, every argument you've ever had with your partner usually starts in the similar manner as the last time you had an argument with your partner. And unfortunately, it usually ends in the same way as the last argument you had with your partner. You shut up, you go to separate directions, you cool down, and then you come back and you kiss and make up. The unfortunate truth in that is that that issue still exists. The ticket here is to figure out ways to resolve the conflict, to find mutual ground that allows you to not only not get upset and to yell at each other and to go into this whirlwind of, of dispute with each other, and to be able to say, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Let's talk about how we can fix it. If you're thinking easier said than done, I get that, because it's not easy and the reason it's not easy is because you don't have the skills to do it you're like well okay well so what the hell am i supposed to do right kind of kind of like concrete i say well your concrete isn't bad which i truly believe i could i could go pour a slab it wouldn't bother me at all i'd put my boots on and go do it and there's some people who would say oh my god i hate concrete oh it's terrible it's hard that's the same thing in your relationship and what's the key element here the key element here is i have the skills to do concrete I know how to handle it. I know what happens when the sun comes out. I know when to broom it and when to finish it and how to finish it. And I have all that. I have those skills so I can produce quality work when I pour concrete. The same is true with my relationship. Sandy and I don't fight anymore. We don't argue anymore. When issues come up in our relationship, we work together to resolve them. And why is that? It's because we have the tools, we have the skills, we have the education. We took the time to seek out solutions to the problems we face. And guess what? Our love just gets stronger because of it. Let's talk about some things you can do to affect positive and lasting change in your relationship so you don't have to keep jumping on that hamster wheel of conflict. All right, so you know, Sandy and I's relationship hasn't always been amazing, right? It hasn't always been where it is today. We were doing the same thing as a lot of couples, and that is we had these but hot button topics, and, and we would arrive at one of these points, and, and of course, Sandy would start throwing her darts at me, and I'd throw darts back, and pretty soon someone is crying, someone's yelling, someone's mad, someone's stomping out the door, jumping in the car, driving off, whatever, whatever, that, whatever that physical dynamic looks like, right? And, and we've all been there. How would you like it if you could just avoid all that? How would you like it if something, there was an issue, something that needed to be discussed or resolved? Or you just sit down at the table and say, okay, 
let's talk about this. Let's figure out how we can fix this so we don't ever have to arrive at this point again on this particular topic. And when it came down to, for Sandy and I, was it, came down to, it comes down to empathy and it comes down to training and understanding of why we respond in the way we do. I talk about my hero, Brene Brown, and her book, Power of Vulnerability, and it's only because that single book changed my life. In our relationship, what happened was I was just tired of fighting with Sandy, and I was tired of fighting with her over the same situations and, and conditions over and over and over again. It didn't just see, we could never seem to resolve our conflicts. And I was just done. And after listening to Brene Brown's book for probably three or four times on my own, I did invite my wife to join me in my quest, but she wasn't ready. She wasn't willing. She didn't trust me. And what happened? She didn't get involved, but I did. And I remember the look on her face when I showed up at the house after being retired for six months and she's frustrated as all hell because she's still working and I'm 54 years old. I'm retired. I'm riding my mountain bike and I'm losing weight. And of course, there were dynamics. There were underflows of things that weren't really going that great in our relationship. I come home and of course, the argument starts the way it always does. But thanks to a new understanding on my part, a new goal to never have to feel bad because my partner's feeling bad again, I changed the dynamic. Instead of me getting upset and responding the way I always did, I just refused to feel bad. I told her, I listen, I'm here for you, baby. I will help you. I will be your first responder. What do you need, right? And it freaked her out. Freaked her out. She's like, what? what, can, what? So she thought it was a trick. But by, by spending some time with myself and deciding that I was going to change how I reacted and how I respond to my partner... And instead of being angry and frustrated like she would expect, I decided to address it with love and kindness. All of a sudden, the whole dynamic changed. Did she jump right in? Hell no, she didn't jump right in. She was like, she's suspicious, like, what, what up? You got a girlfriend? What up, right? And the good news is, at some point, by becoming her first responder, by saying, listen, I understand that you're upset about this. How can I fix this for you? How can I make this better for you? By putting her first and, and responding in a kind and empathetic way, because let's face it, if your partner's crying, she's hurt. He's hurt. If she was laying in the middle of the road and she's crying, you would rush out to her and say, what's the matter? What can I do? What do you need? And yet somehow when, when they've been emotionally run over, by some aspect of your relationship, our response is, oh, well, you know, whatever, I'm doing me, you do you, I'll leave, whatever, you want a divorce. We get all bowed up in our, in our indifference to that. The reality is this, if you want a great relationship, you have to respond in a way that allows your partner to heal from the damage that she's incurred, whether it's because of you or whether it's because of life. No one escapes the damage, right? Even the most pristine family, the perfect white picket fence family, that girl or that kid that comes from that family, they still have some sort of weird issues that tend to get in the way of a relationship. If you want to have a great relationship, you want to have a great relationship, it starts with you. It starts with understanding yourself and why you do the things you do. And more than that, keeping a clear vision for the relationship you want. The truth is most relationships don't fail because of a lack of love. 
And even when someone has a, an, an illicit affair, someone decides infidelity is the choice. That's that's not a that's not a choice based from an absence of love. There's something else missing in that relationship. And the reason that happens is because we don't have the skills to communicate in a way in our relationships that allow us to resolve issues before they get to that level. Usually what happens is is we adapt because it's so hurtful and so painful for us to communicate. We adapt a a level of indifference and, 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 and disregard for our partner. And then, of course, you add in the resentment, the frustration, the anger, and the hurt. And it gets real easy for regular people, couples who are in love, to make atrociously terrible choices that destroy their relationship. You want to fix that. The first thing you need to do is you need to step away from the idea that you know what you need to know about a relationship. Here's the ticket. If you're looking at your relationship and you look at your partner and you feel resentment, anger, frustration, or selfishness related to that person you're with, you have some stuff you need to learn. You have some skills you don't have. Because you remember the love thing, right? That circle, that love thing, how great you feel when you first get together. That's the goal. When you when you first get together and she goes, hey, what do you want to do? Oh, anything you want to do. What do you want to eat? Oh, anything you want to eat. Where would you like to go? Oh, anything, any place you would like to go, right? Because it's easy then. If you can just hold that thought in your mind for a second and, and start focusing on that as your vision for your relationship and then start working toward that, your relationship gets better. Where we come into the problem is is we're habitual. We have habits and we follow those habits. And if you think about the conflict in your relationship and the problems you have in your relationship, it comes down to that cycle of demise. That is, you respond in the same way you always do, and they respond the same way they always do anytime there's a conflict. In most cases, the reason relationships fail isn't because a lack of love. It's because you don't have the skill set to communicate in a way that allows you to resolve those issues so they don't keep appearing. I have to tell you, when I made the decision that I wasn't going to do it anymore, I wasn't talking about my relationship with my wife. I was talking about what was occurring within it. I was talking about the fact that we were fighting all the time, that I would walk into the house and, and the next thing you know, we had frustration and anger. Or I was blaming her for why I felt the way I do. She was blaming me for why she feels the way she does. I'm not saying Brene Brown is the answer to every one of your relationship questions that she will resolve all of your struggles. But what I will say is there is information out there that will help you acquire the skills necessary to remove yourself from that emotional car with your partner. You don't have to be upset because your partner's upset. And even if your partner isn't having fun and enjoying life, you don't have to be angry and frustrated by that. You can still put a smile on your face and embrace the wonder called life. But in order for you to do that, you have to learn to do that. You have to acquire those skills. If it feels like you're running on a hamster wheel in your relationship when it comes to the conflicts that just cannot seem to be resolved, if it feels like you just can't seem to generate any momentum and inspiration in your relationship to where you feel like you used to feel when you first got together, maybe it's simply because you don't have the skill set necessary to do that, to create that dynamic between you. 
the unfortunate truth is whether it's your relationship or your employment or anything that you dream of having but you can't you just can't seem to achieve it comes down to this we we don't know what we don't know if you love the person you're with if if love is not the issue but you continue to keep bumping heads on certain topics and you can't seem to break over to that point where there's mountains of trust and you have an appreciation more than that you love your partner more than yourself and the selfishness is gone and the indifference has dissipated to the point that you get excited when they call you get excited when they come home you just can't help yourself you have to do things for the person you love this would be the perfect time for you to sit back and start searching for what you don't know Start searching for skills you obviously don't have. And before you know it, if you do that long enough, and maybe you you tell your partner, maybe you don't. But you can become a better partner with or without them. And I guarantee once you start treating them in a way that surprises them and kind of makes them wonder what the hell's going on, they'll start asking you questions. Oh, what the hell are you doing? You're not mad. What do you mean getting up and doing the dishes? What do you mean? Because when it really comes down to it, having a relationship, a great relationship where you wake up every day excited about the person you're with, eager to do things for the person you're with, takes a hell of a lot more than just love. There's nothing that feels better than having the support of your of your partner, the person you share your life with. There's nothing that feels better than knowing they're on your team and they support you and that you can talk to them about anything and that if there is an issue that comes up, it doesn't involve tears and heartache. It involves cooperative effort towards a common goal that makes life together better for both of you. It's taken me most of my life to figure this out. I didn't I didn't figure this out until I was 50 years old, until long after my dad had died. I'm just trying to figure out the meaning of life. You don't have to wait until you're 54. You don't have to wait until you're on your deathbed to figure out, oh, wow, when I'm nice to the person I love, they love me more. When I do things for the person I love, they do things for me. When I put the person I love first in in all of my choices, the natural reaction is that they put me first. I don't have all of the answers. That's guaranteed. I don't know everything about everything, but I can tell you this. I have an amazing relationship, and it's because there was a time in our relationship when it needed to go one of two ways. Either we were going to get a divorce or it was going to get better. I chose better. I chose to compromise my ego and say, listen, Chris, maybe you don't know what you need to know about relationships. Maybe there's something you can learn from someone. And when I went out and I started figuring things out and I started realizing all of the things I didn't know about relationships, I acquired those skills and I practiced those skills and I reflected on the success of those efforts. And before I know it, I'm waking up every day to a person. The only problem I have now, and there's a, there's a caveat or a downside to this whole thing is, It would probably be much easier to say goodbye to my wife if I didn't love her so much. But I'm willing to pay that price because there is nothing that feels better in the world than to wake up next to someone you love to help, you love to talk to, you love to listen to, you love to spend time with. If you want to have a great relationship, you want to wake up every day and at least no matter what the world throws at you, you have someone you can snuggle up to and say, I'm scared. And they say, I've got you. I've got you, baby. Start with you. 
It's not because you don't have enough love. It's because you don't have the skills. It's all out there. It's readily available. Pick that phone up and commit to becoming a better partner for the person you love. And I guarantee they will become a better partner for you. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you showing up. Uh, The numbers continue to grow. I'm actually kind of surprised by it. I really appreciate your support. If you like what I'm doing, please share it with everyone you know. That helps me help you. Until next time, my name is Chris Haquez, and this is Your Best Life Defined.